Hallelujah. How many of you know that God has been good and his mercy endure forever? The Bible says that his mercy is new every day. So I'm telling you, if you have awakened today and you have been able to experience the mercy and the grace of God, his mercy is brand new. It's brand new from what it was yesterday. So no matter what he have forgiven you of on yesterday, today there's brand new mercy. But just remember, the Bible says that just shall live by faith not by mercy and not by grace. See, we need to understand that because many times people use that 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 mercy and that grace as a loophole in order to live the way they want to. And that is not what God had intended for us. So God's mercy and his grace endure forever. Just look at somebody and say, if you are alive, you are under God's mercy and God's grace. Praise God. We're excited about that. So I want to share some things with you this morning. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for the amount of grace that you have shown us and the amount of mercy. Lord, it endured forever for you are a faithful God. You are a good God. And Father, and as we are sitting right now at the master's feet, we realize, Father, that your grace is unmerited favor, that we did not earn it. We know, Father, that we cannot earn it. But we know it is because of your nature and it is because of your divine uh, protection over our lives that has caused us to be able to see another day and endure another issue, problem or challenge in our lives. So as we listen to the word today, I thank you that the word of God will dig deep in our spirits and father and it will engraft itself that will be able to save our souls, our will, our mind and emotions. So this morning. Educate us on a higher level. Cause us to see things that we've never seen before. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory for us. You that truly deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, praise God. We thank God for another day. Thank God for this Sunday morning. God is so good. You can't say it enough. Uh, the psalmist said, if I had a thousand tongues, <laughs> I could not worship and praise him enough. So. I don't know where you are this morning, but I am grateful. I am grateful in my personal life, in my private life. I am grateful because God has truly been good to me. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about something that seems to be an ongoing uh, issue with the church. And it we don't understand the significance of it. We don't understand how crucial this is and this morning i hope that i'm able to convey that information to you so that it pricks the depths of your spirit the depths of your heart and calls you to rise up and to overcome uh normal this morning i want to speak to someone and help someone overcome normal this morning how many of you want to overcome normal so many times we live in normal so long that we don't realize that normal has become normal. And see, natural has become natural. But I'm here to tell you that we are called to be supernatural. Are you listening? I want to talk to you this morning from the subject of diluted. A culture of compromise. Diluted. A culture of com compromise. Now, I don't know about you, if you know anything about any type of uh cleaners if you know anything about any type of uh uh, uh 
solutions that you use to clean. When you get it in its concentrated form, it will stretch. You can use uh, so much, but you will have to dilute it. That's what stretches it. That's what makes it on a, a, a weaker consistency. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And so I'm talking to you about that this morning is because this is something that has happened to the church. Because of being diluted, we have become indifferent toward the things of God, toward our assignment, toward our stand in society, toward what God called us to be. And it's all because we have been diluted and we have allowed the society that we live in and the popular opinions to all but silence the voice of the righteous. Now, this is so important. And, you know, if you and, and if, if you're not careful, it makes us settle. It makes us settle. Are you listening? Look at somebody and say, don't be a settler. It makes us settle. Listen to me. For the brief glory of being chat room champions. Amen. But we become invisible in the world that really matters. Uh, and little by little, we have compromised at the expense of the power that God has given us that makes us different from religion. So there's two important qualities I want to talk, uh, may, maybe not qualities, but two important aspects that I want to deal with this morning. And I want to slow it up enough for you to understand and be able to digest and also discern, is this happening to me? Has it happened to me? Is this how I'm living? And that is those two important aspects is dilute and compromise. Now, first of all, let's get an understanding of dilute and compromise. Dilute simply means to diminish the strength, the flavor, or the brilliance of something by admit mixture. That means that when you bring down the quality of something by mixing it with something else. Are you listening? And see, in the world, the Bible tells us, it says that uh, love not the world, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, neither the things that are in the world. Now, this is a reason I'm going to show you a very important reason why. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any love the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not of the Father, but of the world. And verse 17 says, and the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God that remains consistent, that keeps his integrity, will abide forever. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So when you mix it. There are certain warnings, many warnings in the Bible that tells us about not mixing it. The Bible tells us in Exodus not to not to mix uh, uh, and mingle our seeds because the whole of our vineyard would be defiled. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Diluting is very important. The enemy has a specific strategy to dilute the hearts of the believer because it robs him of the power 
that separates him from just religion. See, that was the thing with the scribes and Pharisees. They were experts of the law, but they had no power. They kept criticizing Jesus for something that they could not do. Are you listening? Oh, you healed on the Sabbath day, but they couldn't heal on Tuesday. Are you listening? Or somebody's working on this day and that day and it violates the scripture, it violates the law. They was tried to be keepers of the law, but they had no power. And anywhere you saw the scribes and Pharisees, you saw criticism, but you did not see any demonstration of power. Now, so the next one is compromise. Compromise is simply something that combines the quality of two different things. Compromise, something that combines the quality of two different things. Now, when you try to mix the flesh and the spirit, you compromise them both. And neither one of them can you be strong in because you have diluted it. And when you dilute, you'll walk in the spirit. See, I have to keep going back to this emphasis. And, and I want you to notate this. The reason why is because the enemy is trying to rob you of the power that will cause you to be able to walk in the anointing of God, the power to get your bills paid, the power to be a witness. The Bible says in Acts, the first chapter, it says when the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost comes on you, you shall have power to become witnesses of me. You know, most people in the church are, they, they, they know all, they are politically correct in all the right things and all the right sayings and all the right lingo. However, they are not necessarily witnesses of God because to be witnesses of God, you have to have some innate characteristics. People have to be able to look, you know, in the natural. You ever saw somebody where you've said it yourself, even about your own kids, that boy just like his daddy, you know, or that girl is just like her mama. There are some characteristics that was not necessarily learned behavior that they remind you. And see, even in the spirit, Paul said it this way. He talked about Timothy. He said, I will send unto you my son, Timothy, who I have begotten in the spirit, and he shall remind you of my ways. You can always tell if a person is not submitted to their leader is because they have nothing in common when it comes to reminding you of their leader. They don't sound like them. They don't act like them. They don't think like them. They don't respond like them. Are you listening? That's because they have not taken on that spirit. And, you know, you can see it with Elijah and Elisha. Elisha said, I want a double portion of thy spirit. He didn't say the Holy Ghost. See, we try to get a double portion of the Holy Ghost without getting a double portion of our leader spirit. See, but you are trying to skip the channels because it comes vertically. It comes from the top down. And so he said, I want a double portion of thy spirit. So in order to get the double portion of Elijah's spirit, he had to get Elijah's spirit to operate in the Holy Spirit. 
Now, some of you might not believe that. You might not get that. But if you notice, he said, if you can see me eye to eye when I'm taken away, he said, this hard thing that you have asked, it shall be done for you. Are you listening? So that mantle fell on Elisha because he was surrendered. He was submitted. And the anointing does not come by being bought. It comes by being taught. And when that mantle fell, listen to what Elisha said when Elijah was taken away. My father, my father. Are you listening? I'm just trying to tell you and teach you how to walk in the anointing of God. You can't just go somewhere and just get the anointing because you want the anointing. The anointing is one, one spirit on the church. And we all share in that anointing. You can't just go somewhere and just get the anointing by yourself. You have to be surrendered. Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the higher power, for there is no power ordained except it be of God. So let me go on because there's so much to say about this. And people don't like it when you talk about structure in order because people typically, until they are converted, they walk in a renegade spirit. And that spirit says, I am just like, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my Lord. Um, uh, okay, this is what he said. I did it my way. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> People are like it. They want to do it their way. So let me move on. So when you combine the qualities of two different things. Now, it also means. A change that makes something worse that is not done for a good reason. A change that makes something worse that is not done for a good reason. That's compromise. Now, let me just go ahead and start this because I really want you to get this. I want you to understand what we are talking about today. This, this the church has been diluted. This church has become uh, a culture of compromise because, you know, you don't see in the church anymore the power of God demonstrated. You know, we are so happy about being emotionalized. We like running around the church. We like crying and hollering, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And as I said it before, we have become chat room champions so when we are in the presence of unbelievers we know what to say we say the right things we encourage with the right words but we are absent of the power of god that keeps us delivered see it's not what you get on sunday what you get on sunday is what's supposed to keep you all week but most people are only delivered on sunday they are only free on sunday They've only walked in deliverance and the power of God on Sunday. But when they go back into their own lives, they go back into bondage. They go back into old habits. They go back into old mindsets. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But see, when Jesus told the disciples and he sent them out two by two, I want you to listen to this. This is very important. He sent them out two by two. And Jesus said, he said, I'm going to send you out two by two. And he said, and I'm going to give you power over unclean spirits. Now, this is so important because we have come to the place that when you look at the secular view of giving you power over unclean spirits, 
it removes the supernatural and it places it replaces it with only the concept of evil see it's no longer the supernatural it's no longer you are dealing with devils it's no longer that you are dealing with unclean spirits it's no longer that you are dealing with spirits that are coming to harass you and to destroy you see if you happen to look and i want you to get another understanding about this when the Bible says in St. John chapter 10, uh, verse 10, we like to quote this all the time, but we don't have a real understanding or a deeper, uh, 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 a deeper understanding or perception of what that scripture is really saying. St. John says, the thief coming not but for to steal, say it with me, kill and destroy. Jesus said, but I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, I don't know how much of this I'm going to get out. I'm going to do my best. But I want you, I want to turn your thinking. I don't want you to be casual in your approach. But he said to steal, kill, and to destroy. In the original Greek, that word kill means to, it means to slaughter without purpose. See, this is what we're dealing with with the enemy. It means to slaughter without purpose, slaughter without reason. See, that's what the enemy's job is. This demonic presence that has come, has come to slaughter without purpose. That's why Jesus said, I give you power or I give you authority because he understood that when we took on his name, whether we fight, or whether we don't fight. Whether we walk in our assignment, whether we don't walk in our assignment, we are going to face opposition. Opposition is going to be one of the most primary battles we have in this life is because we name the name of Jesus. It's because we accepted him as our, as our Lord and Savior, even though he only becomes Savior to some people and never Lord. So here is the point. That word slaughter or to kill, slaughter without purpose, slaughter without reason. And destroy means to put an ultimate end to. Did you know that this is what the enemy wants to do in your life? He wants to put an ultimate end to you. He does not want to fight you. He does not want to battle you. He wants to destroy you. And see, we are so casual in our understanding of this. And we don't understand why do you think Jesus gave you authority and gave you dominion, gave you power? Because he know you was going to be dealing with an opposition that mean you no good at all. So let me move on and, and, and let's continue. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to read uh, verse... Now, this is what Paul said. He said, well, verse, I'll read verse 3, keep verse 4 up, but I'll read verse 3, and he said, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And he said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, that's very important. Here's what Paul was saying. He was sent to the church of Corinthians. And the church of Corinth was a church full of intellectuals. These were people who had a lot of uh, 
knowledge, but they had no power. As a matter of fact, if you look at the church of Corinth, they operated in the spirit, but nevertheless, they was full of sin. They were intellectuals, but they was full of, 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 of iniquity. Are you listening? See, that's possible. See, because what we don't understand is when you operate in the anointing, it does not mean that you are anointed. When you operate in the anointing is many times God uses that vessel for somebody who's willing to yield to him, even if you don't. That's why the Bible tells us for us not to uh, uh, preach to others and then we become a castaway. Are you listening? It's because it's possible for you to win other people. It's possible for you to appear to be anointed. It's possible for you to seem like you are walking in the power of God, but God realizes at that point, you are not going to surrender to him. So he uses that power. He uses it through you so he can win someone else. Paul said, when I came to this church, I was in fear and I was in trembling. And the reason why he said that is because, you know, Paul was a renegade. He was Saul of Tarsus. So when he came to that church, they was very aware of his past. Like many people are aware of your past. Many people don't want to let go of your past. Many people don't want you to let go of your past. Many people want you to stay hostage to your past. But he said, I went there. I was in fear and I was in trembling <clears throat> because I did not know that the gospel I presented to the people of Corinthians would be adequate enough to uh to 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 pretty much overcome their intellectual mindset so but 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 this is one thing paul did not compromise remember that word his stand neither did he compromise the context of what he preached he didn't compromise the volume or his style see that's what we do we compromise See, people have settled into a place to where they only use the gospel to get out of trouble, to advance their personal agenda in order for them to be blessed in this life. But they don't use it for what it was presented for or given for. And that is to be an ambassador and a witness for Christ to people who are unbelievers. All you got to do is look around and see how many new people you know that are following you because they see something in your life that they can't understand and they can't wait to ask you how, when, why, or what. Are you listening? See, we fight hard to be like other people when God wanted us to be different. The Bible says in Exodus, I will put a difference between thee and the Egyptian or the church and the ones that are in bondage, or the, the, the church and the Gentiles, I'll put a difference. I want there to be a notable difference, but we don't understand that. So we fight hard to settle in that place of compromise that we won't be ridiculed. We won't be, you know, people won't come against us. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, that's where God wants us to do. He wants us to demonstrate the spirit and the power. When is the last time you prayed for a stranger openly? 
When is the last time you saw someone and you told them about Christ and you didn't know them? It was in the grocery store. It was in the doctor's office, wherever it was. You gave them a personal uh, talk about Christ. When is the last time? This is why God anoints you. He doesn't anoint you in order for you to get a new house. He does not anoint you to get a new car. He anoints you to be a witness of him. He even said when the Holy Spirit come, he will not speak of me, Jesus said, uh, speak of himself, but he will glorify me. And you will not walk in the anointing if you use it for yourself. That's why the Bible says in James, he said that when you pray, you pray amiss because you want to consume it upon your own lust. Uh, somebody hear me. Is somebody hearing me? But now this is a this is strange because I said it a few minutes ago: kill, steal, and to destroy. The enemy hates your guts. The enemy can't stand you. He doesn't care if you fight him. He doesn't care if you compromise. He doesn't care. See, because you need to understand something about his nature. The Bible says in St. John chapter 8, verse 44, when Jesus was talking to those who will not fight him. He said, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, the desires of your father, you will do. Listen to the nature of God. We will learn, I mean, the devil. We will learn something about the God of this world by what he was called. Ye are of your father, the devil. He was a murderer. Did you get that? He was a murderer from the beginning. The Bible calls him a murderer. Again, killing and slaughtering without reason without purpose. He doesn't care whether you don't fight him. He doesn't care whether you walk in your assignment or not. He doesn't care whether you speak of Christ or not. This is what I'm trying to get across to you. He is going to fight you without the anointing. He's going to try to kill you without the anointing. And you can only be anointed if you're walking in your assignment. Did you get that? Now, it's strange because the other nations of the world you know, I remember sitting times in Bishop's office and they, they had speakers from uh, uh, Africa and other countries like that. And they, uh, when we were sitting after the service was over and these men of God, these apostles and, and, and men of God, I remember uh, Apostle um, uh, Duncan and different ones like that begin to talk about this. Uh, I even remember Bishop Sousa from Caricho, Kenya, and they would talk about the experiences that they had when they were uh, in their countries. And they were talking about how the spirit of, of darkness would manifest itself and how it would come against them and how it would try to uh, 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 overtake them and how the spirit would show up and they would have face to face uh, confrontations with demonic hosts, and 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 they were talking about how these spirits manifested themselves uh, with power, and many times it would speak to them and begin to talk to them as familiar spirits and tell them about things of their lives and tell them straight up, "I'm going to kill you," and how they would uh, come at them, and they would have days of battles with these spirits, and see other countries and other nations are aware of the opposing forces and the opposing power. But we over here in, in, in the United States, we, we have normalized this. We don't understand that you say you believe in God. That's what most people say. 
And even that has been normalized. But God, the Bible says, St. John chapter 424 or 524, I think it might be 524, in either one of those two, it says God is a spirit. Are you listening? You say you believe in God and God is a spirit, but you don't believe in the fallen spirits that are in the heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. You have to understand there is an opposing force who fail and are in the heavenly places. The Bible says it that did not leave their natural habitations. Now that's that's different. Uh, in the sixth chapter of Genesis, there was a group of spirits, part of those fallen spirits that did leave their natural habitation and they co-inhabited with women. And then they had giants as an offspring and these giants were called Nephilim. And we know the flood killed them, but they was part spirit and they was part, they were part man. So when the flood killed the spirit, I mean, the man part of that, those spirits were, in fact, still here because you couldn't kill a spirit with the flood. So they become the demons. The demons that are here are the ones that come against you. They hate your guts. They hate man. They hate mankind. So we got the, the spirits that are in heavenly places that did not leave their natural habitation. And then you got to contend with the demons, the spirits of Nephilim, the spirits of the, of, of the, of the giants that were killed in the flood. Now, that's a long uh, uh, subject to go through, and I won't go through it all right now. I'm trying to break this out to you so you know what you're contending with, and you just cannot just think that, hey, this is this is just, you know, uh, some Mickey Mouse uh, uh, concept. You need to know you are hated by these spirits. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Oh, man, let me go on. So. You got to understand if you are aware of God, you, you are aware of a higher spirit, a higher presence. Then you need to be aware of, a, aware of a higher demonic presence. And if you don't know that these spirits are out to destroy you, are out to kill you, you won't be, you will be passive in your approach, in your assignment, in your stand. They hate you. They hate us. They don't just dislike you. So Paul said, you know, uh, I was in, in demonstration of the spirit and the power. He said, my speech and my preaching. Now, this is where we, we, we come with this. What is your speech? Your speech is, 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 is normally uh, the talk that you have uh, in the presence of unbelievers. That's your speech. When you're talking to them about uh, TJ Maxx and you're talking to them about uh, Target, you're talking to them about Walmart, about Christmas, that's your speech. When you're talking to them about the job and about the coronavirus, and the, you know, you're talking to them about, uh, about the, the new variant, that's your speech. Your preaching is what you say when you are when 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 you are in the chat rooms, when you are in, in online, when you're on Instagram, and you're talking in the presence of nobody but believers, that's your preaching. Hallelujah! Oh, praise the Lord! You know the scriptures we quote. 
you know the things that when we are when we are just pumping up the person that's preaching, you know, that's your preaching. But that should be done in the presence of the unbelievers, not in the um, not in the presence of believers, because the Bible says that the heal have no need of a physician. So let me move on because I got a lot to say. And Lord, please help me because there is so much I want to say. So how do we become diluted? Let me move through this as quickly as I can. One of the way we become diluted is through intimidation. Intimidation. You know, when you're on your job, some of you, when there are people who you have to rub shoulders with that are in a higher position than you, people who maybe um that that uh they have a higher education level than you have. Their social status might be higher than yours. They live in a bigger house than you live in. Their uh, their economic status is more than yours. They they are balling, so to speak, but they're 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 morally compromised. They don't have God. They never uh, act like they have God. But these are people who are strong and they have worked hard in the natural in order to get ahead. But again, they are morally compromised. They lie. They they cheat. They do all of these other things and you know it, but you are intimidated by them in order to say anything about God because you know that they are going to they are going to part, uh, point to the lackluster life that you have demonstrated before them. So you much rather just be quiet. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to rattle their cage and I don't want them pointing the finger to me. I don't want them to say anything to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? But what you fail to believe and what you fail to understand is that the gospel of God is the highest form of truth known to mankind. And the Bible says in Proverbs 28 and 1, it says that the righteous are bold as a lion. So we've lost our boldness and we and, and see, this is why you need discernment. You need spiritual discernment because you need to understand when you're dealing with the forces of darkness, you got to understand these principalities and these powers and rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places are coming to control how we live in this culture. They're not, see, we, we we look at this thing, man, and we don't understand the significance of what we can't see. We only look at what we see, and we have minimized and normalized the power of, of darkness and not understand that they're the ones that are controlling the price of oil and gas at the pump. They're the ones that control who gets into office. They're the ones that control the laws that are made in the land. It's bigger than that because they realize if I can desensitize, and that's what they do to us. They desensitize us and they push their agendas on, on society and on humanity. And we don't see it that way. And we have normalized it so much till we think that the devil has only come to Feel our joy. Come on. Come on. This spiritual wickedness, this wicked spirits that are in heavenly places have a bigger agenda than your joy. They got a bigger agenda to keep your rent from being paid. They got a bigger agenda. It is the laws they sit into motion that keeps your rent from getting paid. It is the laws they sit into gen uh, 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 into society that keeps you 
from from becoming wealthy. It is the laws that they set into motion that keeps ungodliness uh, uh, at the forefront that cause good evil and call evil good. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Paul says, so I'm in demonstration of the spirit and the power. See, God wants to make full proof of your witness. He wants you to be a light in the midst of darkness. But we are diluted. See, it, the word demonstration carries with the idea of manifestation, proof, evidence, and verification. People need to look at you and see. God is qualified. He has equipped them. He has shown full proof. The Bible says make full proof of thy ministry. And so we need to know. Oh, man. <laughs> let me let me let me move on. I, I got to finish this thing. God wants to make full proof of your witness. Why? He wants to take you in the land of darkness. And he wants to show favor on your life. Uncommon and uncanny favor where people can't explain. Why did this happen to them? It didn't happen to you. Why are they struggling and you're not struggling? Now, before you start looking at whether you economically are right or not, I'm talking about the anointing that keeps those shackles off your life the other six days out of the week when you're not in church, when you can live without watching pornography, when you can live without cursing out your fellow man and backbiting, when you can live without being jealous of, of your, your brother man, when you can live without looking at someone else in lust, when you can live all these other days. So don't just look at, I'm okay financially. So is the dope dealer. I'm talking about walking free because there is full proof. There's verification that who the son is made free is free indeed. And so you can stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made you free and you won't entangled again in the yoke of bondage that you, that you walked out of. That's when you know that there is full proof of the anointing of God in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Wow. I'm, this is... <laughs> See, this is why the spirit of God comes on us. This is why. See, did you know God wants you to prophesy to the uh, unbeliever? Did you know this is why the, the, the leaders in your life prophesy to you? Because what you don't understand about prophecy. Prophecy, although it might be predictive of the future. It is primarily analytical of the present. What do I mean by that? When the word of God is preached, such as it is right now, it is preached for the simple reason of making you aware of the spiritual activity around you that you have been desensitized to. It is to open your eyes to the activity going on around you. It is for you to say, oh, this is why this is happening to me. This is why this came against me. This is why the enemy is trying to get me in strife. The word is a light. It is to open up your eyes to the agenda of the spiritual forces that you can't see. See, in our commercials, 
and everything that you see, all kinds of advertisement, it desensitizes us. It's nothing for you to look at TV and even the commercials. They flash things before you really quickly. And it, it, and you see these images and these images are so powerful. And if images are not so powerful, you wouldn't be paying millions and millions of dollars when hundreds of millions of people are watching doing the Super Bowl for a 30 second commercial. You wouldn't be paying that much if images were not that powerful. The enemy always comes with a suggestion. And that's what these images do. And it's putting this in our children. And it is normalizing things that are error. It is normalizing things that God has not accepted. And it's making us think it's okay in our society. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So it doesn't bother us anymore. But I like it how Paul said it. He said, when I came to the city of Athens and I saw that the city was given to idolatry, my spirit was stirred in me because the Holy Spirit was not diluted in Paul. But with us, sometimes we'll just turn our eyes, turn a deaf ear. We don't listen. We don't want to hear what's going on around us. We much rather just walk away from it. I got to finish. Tell someone, pray for him and help him finish. I got to finish. So this is why. Guys, let's go really quickly. So we are desensitized through intimidation, number one. Let me go to Romans 1, 16. Romans 1, 16. And let me read this. And let's go to the second uh, reason why uh, we are, we, we struggle and we are desensitized with this. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul said it. We're still talking about Paul. Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is, here's that word again, power of God unto salvation or deliverance to everyone that believes it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, Paul said, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Shame is the next reason why we are diluted. How many of you know there's, there's a lot of people who are ashamed of the gospel? They're ashamed for many reasons. What does shame mean? Shame means to be personally humiliated and singled out for misplacing your confidence, trusting in something that may or uh, be perceived that have failed us before. Shame. Most people are ashamed of the gospel, misplacing our confidence. See, Paul, again, had switched sides. He, just, he was no longer persecuting the church. And when he went to people who knew his past, just like people know your past. Some people, how many of you know that there are people right now who no longer operate in the anointing of God because they're ashamed of something they did in their past? They figure a lot of people know about something that they did in their past. Let me tell you something. People might know what you did in your past, but because you don't know what they did in their past does not excuse them. Everybody got a skeleton in their closet. Are you listening to me? I'll never let somebody try to make me ashamed of something I did in the past as though you are the model of righteousness. Are you listening? Because if God has forgiven me, you're not God. It's time to get back on your, on your grind again. 
You don't let people keep you in a box, keep you concealed over in the box of mediocrity and walking free of the anointing of God so you can be full of demonic presence. You can never be free without the anointing of God. Isaiah 10, 27 says it removes the burden and destroys the yoke. And many people are yoked up because they're ashamed of what they've done in their life. They're ashamed because they, are, they, they, they believe the gospel failed them before. I believed in this and I trusted in this and I tied for a week and I and I stood on the promises of God and it didn't work. So no longer am I going to say this before God anymore. I'm never going to testify before people anymore. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'll just be quiet. and Live a life of silence, free of the anointing. See, so Paul had switched sides from fighting the church to fighting for the church. And see, let me say this to some of you who think that you can side up with the enemy. And if you are silent, see, because silent is agreement. And when you think you are silent and you are walking, I'm not going to stir up the kingdom of darkness. I'm not going to make no waves because if I don't, then the devil won't bother me. I'm, that's crazy. How can, and I want to ask you a question. How in the world do you think that a benevolent being can ever coexist with a malevolent spirit. How? It doesn't make sense. A benevolent being can never coexist with a malevolent spirit. You can't side with the enemy and he leave you alone. He can't stand you. He hates you and he hates mankind. He hates humans. Because we are God's pride and joy. You can't side with him. When you think you're sided with him, you're in trouble. Listen, we're ashamed of the gospel. And you know you're ashamed when your loudest voice is in the presence of believers. But you are silent in the presence of the, uh, of the unbelievers. When you can't witness, I'm closing. I got to close. God help me. I got to close. Let's go to, uh, oh, I got to say this. This is what God is saying to us because I want you to understand the backdrop of this. The backdrop. This is what society has done where it's, it has robbed the church of its power. You don't see it anymore. You don't see miracles done anymore on a widespread like they was done before. Listen, for those of you that think that that was back in the Bible days, you're telling me that the Bible is no longer uh, relevant today. We are still in the Bible days. God still does miracles. You haven't seen one because you are diluted. Your lifestyle is diluted. Your friends are diluted. Your circle and sphere of influence, influence is diluted. So it has been weakened all the way to the point that uh, I, that you've come to, like 2 Timothy says, the third chapter. It says, you have the form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. You look like the church. You sound like the church. You, 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 uh, you, you dress like the church. But you will deny allowing the, God, the power of God to operate through you, in you, so it can never operate for you. 
you listening to what I'm saying. You deny the power. You deny not by saying I don't want it. It's because you deny because you won't position yourself to receive it. Did you get what I'm saying? How many people will listen to this and say, amen, pastor, praise God, bishop. We thank God for that word. And then you'll leave and get off of li off the uh, line and you will go right back to living a mediocre, diluted, compromised life. Because you don't want to make no waves. You deny the power. It's important. You deny the power. Remember in Luke, the Bible says, I give you power over all the power and ability of the enemy. Jesus said, I give it to you. And most of us said, no, I give it back. I give it back. Go to Titus. See, it's not enough to look like the church. It's not enough to go to church. It's not enough to be free one day a week. Or two days if you count Tuesday or Wednesday if that's your Bible study. That's not enough. Titus. When you get it, say amen. All right. Let's go to Titus. Now listen to what the Bible says about people who, uh, and, I, and I'm going to read verse 15 first. I know I put it down for 16, but I, you need to you need to see this. Verse 15 says, unto the pure, all things appear. But unto them that are defiled, diluted, and unbelieving is nothing pure. For even their mind and their conscience is diluted and is defiled. See, you can't get somebody who's diluted and defiled to see something pure. You can't get them to believe something pure. People never want to believe that you changed. People never want to believe that you, you had a past, but they don't. So unto the pure, all things appear, but unto those that are defiled, all things are defiled. Now look at these people who are diluted. This is what their characteristics are. The Bible says in verse 16, it says, they profess that they know God, but in their works, they deny him. Remember the power? They deny him being abominable, abominable, abominable. <laughs> yeah, easy for you to say, and disobedient. And unto every good work reprobate or worthless or use, useless. Every good work. Guys. I'm closing with this, and I need to make it as plain as I can. If you're not going out here lobbying for God, if you're not going out here speaking truth to the masses every chance you get, if the fruit of the gospel and righteousness is not seen in your life, if all you want out of the word of God is a get free card and a card for a, to to upgrade your life. I can tell you right now, you are diluted. If that's what you want, you are diluted because that's not the purpose. Jesus said, I sent you out with power over unclean spirits because he know that in doing my will, you are going to you're going to have all kinds of opposition 
I give you authority and dominion because of the opposition you are going to face. And it doesn't matter whether you choose to take it on or call yourself siding with the enemy. He hates your guts and he's going to try to kill you every chance he gets. He's going to try to steal from you every chance he gets. He's going to try to destroy and put an end to you and your children, your family, and everything you own every chance he gets. Whether you believe it or whether you don't. So, they profess they know God. This is what they say. Giving honor unto my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is first in my life, unto the bishop, the, the pastor, the deacon bold, and all those in the house of God. God. See, we just become religious. But if you look at us relative to people who know that the devil exists, people over here in these third world countries who see the power of this darkness, who see the power of these, 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 these enemies. We over here, man, all, uh, we, we, we've been all neutralized, normalized. And we just think the, the, the gist of the, of the power of darkness, if don't let the devil steal your joy, he'll get your goods. You better wake up, <laughs> steal your joy. You think that that is what the devil is after? Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I, I, I would have already finished, but somebody told me, you better go ahead and preach. <laughs> somebody said, you better go ahead and preach. Uh, the same power that we deny him of. We profess we know God, but in our works, we deny him. We deny him. We had a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. The same power we deny him uh, for using it on the people out here, for using it on your coworkers, the power that God has anointed you with to be able to go forward and to prophesy and to be analytical of the present and predictable of the future. The same power we fail to walk in is the same power we need when we need to get free from the enemy when he has grabbed us and pulled us close enough that we have to wrestle no longer are we fighting we got to wrestle because his hands is on us now hands is on your finances now hands is on your life now hands is on your children now see we only respond whenever he get close enough for us to see the results Instead of taking the word of God, knowing he's there and he is after us. He's after everything. You don't have to be afraid if you're walking in the anointing. <clears throat> well, last scripture, Ephesians chapter three. You already know the scripture in verse 20. Listen to what it says. It says unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to to the power that is actively working in us when we are attacked, according to the power that is actively on the inside of us when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, according to the power that is act actively uh, in us when we are out here 
in the realm of darkness and we are preaching the word of God as a light in the midst of darkness, according to the power that is already present, according to the power that you walk in, according to the power and the level of the anointing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The Bible says in St. John chapter three, verse 34, the Bible says, uh, and it was talking about Jesus, but it, it, it it's also, uh, uh, as far as we're concerned, the Bible says that in John 3, 34, it says that he gave uh, Jesus the spirit without measure. Are you listening? He gave Jesus the spirit without measure. So God gives you the spirit without measure when he can trust you walking in the spirit. He gives you the spirit without measure when he can trust the lifestyle that you're living. So listen to this. When we've been deluded, the power source in us has been weakened. Are you listening? The power source has been diluted. Do you find it hard to get your prayers answered? Do you have to pray for the same thing over and over and over again? Now, I don't mean praying one time and then praying by thanksgiving, saying, Lord, I thank you that you've done this and that. It's been years. You've been asking for the same thing. You didn't see nothing. And so that's why you're discouraged because hope deferred make it the heart sick. Is that why? Are you a Christian that you only experience freedom when you come to church? You only experience freedom when you're in the presence of unbelievers in the corporate anointing? Are you one like that? In your personal and private life, are you walking in demonstration of the spirit and power? There's your life show evidence remember fred price and his theme song evidence evidence does your life show enough evidence evidence doom, 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 doom. <laughs> yeah you laughing but see I, I did that because you need to laugh and be free while you're here if you can't be free when you leave <laughs> the bible says a merry heart doeth good like medicine you're getting your medicine now for those of you that intend on disobeying the gospel when you leave i hope i gave you a little something so you can be free while you're here until you can learn to walk in freedom when you leave church i uh, praise god so this is what god says the, the, the bible says in saint john 3 34 he whom god sent spoke the words of god not just in church Wherefore, God gave not the spirit by measure unto him. And that's where you get free, by the spirit of God. Are you listening to me? So never forget this. God wants to pour out his spirit. Remember in the last day, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. They shall speak words that are predictable of the future, but yet analytical of the present. They shall prophesy. God, never forget this. God wants to pour out his spirit upon people without measure. God wants to pour out without measure on his people that are without mixture. Say it. God wants to pour out without measure on people that are without mixture. Praise God. I'm closing. Does your life demonstrate power? If it doesn't, you can get it. But you're going to have to turn some things around. You are going to have to allow God to get more involved in your life. You are going to have to come out of there and stop saying it's my personality. Jesus didn't die on the cross because it was his personality. It was because it was his mandate. It was because his assignment. Are you doing your assignment or you don't feel like it? <laughs> well, praise God, praise God, praise God. I hope <clears throat> that the word of God 
meant something to you. I hope you got delivered by the word of God, even if it's for the service. But I'm here to tell you that's not God's best. God does not want you to be free just at service. He wants you to live a life of freedom. He wants you to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. He don't want you to choose or allow yourself to be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. He wants you to know that when the enemy comes, he wants you to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the anointing of God because he knows that your labor is not going to be in vain. We are in the last days and the spirit of the darkness is very real. Look around you. Who is to say that all of these viruses are not curses that's coming on society for disobeying and disallowing and ignoring the spirit of God? It happened once before. Are you listening? You don't want to be caught up just floating alone in mediocrity, floating alone. Look at somebody and say, it's time for you to overcome normal. Praise God. Thank God for those of you that heard the word of God. And Lord, and I pray your people hear the word and not just hear the word, but they will abide by the word and they will abide in the word. So their prayers, Father, will be met by the Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you for your integrity. And I thank you, Lord. Meet our needs by the spirit and obedience that we walk in. I give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Well, hopefully you heard the word of God. I hope that this set your spirit on fire. I hope this thing lit you up like a Christmas tree that you got in your house. Don't let that be the only thing. Let you be lit. Let it light your fire. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life. Change. Be different and let somebody see a different you. It's time. It's time now for you to stop being that old you. Come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Don't let the enemy hold you in bondage because of your past, because of shame, because of intimidation. Come out and walk in the freedom of God and the spirit of God. Well, from this point on, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, you make sure that you are full of integrity, fully concentrated, not morally compromised, not diluted, and then you can keep it real.